Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hey, Life Uncloseted family, it's time once again for the podcast, and you know who I am. I'm Rick Clemens, your podcast host, and I'm really, really looking forward to this conversation today because there's been so much stuff going on around us lately, and so much struggle in our world, whether it's politics, whether it's social issues, whether it's COVID, whether it's the climate changes, whatever it is, there just seems to be struggle, struggle, struggle everywhere. And I know we all go through this. So before we dive into talking about the full-on struggle, I just want to remind you all that if you are struggling in your life, hop on over to the website, lifeuncloseted.com or rickclemens.com. Hop in there and do the life assessment on how to get yourself uncloseted from wherever you are. And I'm going to throw you one other new thing. It's not really new. It's been around a while, but I always forget to bring this up that once a month, we actually have a coming out chat for men. I know ladies, you're going to go like, well, what about us girls? I don't, for some reason, you girls always want to talk with me, but then you never show up for my stuff. So still love you, still love you. But there's a once a month chat for guys coming out of the closet. It always happens on the second Monday of the month. And then there's one, just a normal, somewhat normal chat for gay guys that we do that one on the third Monday of the month. So let's get back to the struggle. Sometimes I really struggle to find guests for this podcast, but then I'm really lucky when I have people who are connected in the PR industry who bring me somebody really, really cool who's done something that I like doing, which is producing books and getting them out there in the world, especially when they're a book that really has impact. And I just met her, and I already can tell that her and I could be best buddies, best girlfriends. And um, her name is Kirsten Beverly Waters. She has a book out called Struggle Guru. I love the name. It's so fitting. It just came out in September. And I can't wait to just dive in because she's got some badass stuff I have a feeling to like deliver to us today about this whole getting humble and all this sort of stuff that we do to ourselves. So now I'm going to shut the fuck up and I'm going to bring her on. Welcome to the podcast, Kirsten. I'm happy to have you here. Thanks so much, Rick, for having me. That was an amazing I, introduction. I think I think around. I have her like, you know, like <laughs> totally like flabbergasted right now and laughing simultaneously and also wondering what did I just get myself into here? So, but um, anyway, yeah. So welcome. This is really cool. I love the book name. I'm just like, wow, what a perfect time to like release this because it's almost like you looked in the crystal ball and go, okay, this is going to come out right when the world is just like really going crazy and I'll make millions of dollars, right? Because as authors, we make millions of dollars, right? You know, like writing books, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, it's it's funny because it was due to so many hiccups and setbacks in writing the book and feeling like I needed to rewrite chapters that it got pushed back. So it's supposed to come out in 2019. And I was getting so frustrated and so frazzled. And then I, we pushed it forward and it was coming out in 2020 and I was so excited. I'm like, 2020, here's our vision year, right? And then right. it's like, 
we come out of 2019 with Australia and it's burning. And then we come out of that into a pandemic and I'm like, okay, this, this is Here we go. For a book that's title and <laughs> exactly. buckle up people. 2020 here. You know, and it'd be something. You really, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It'd be really interesting. You know, if you were like, you were writing this as all this was happening and then it comes out, which that isn't any of you who've never written a book. That is not the way this works. You're like, you write it and then you go through editing and all this sort of stuff. I mean, it can take a long time to get this done, but it is interesting that some of the stuff that you have brought up in the book, it's like, it almost fits perfectly like where we are. But I'm curious for you, for most of us who write, there's something in here that obviously you've had some struggles that really like, okay, here's some things I've learned. So let's kind of, let's start to do the unpacking. Cause that's what we do on podcasts. Like, like what the fuck brought you to this book? And I'm sorry, I'm going to curse every once in a while here, but um, what really brought you to realizing this book has to come out of me? Well, you know, as you said, writing books are, are definitely a process. And this book I tell people is 20 years in the making because when I was 16 years old, I wrote the title of a book as part of an English essay called Stop, It's the Only Way to Go. Mm-hmm. And trying to encourage my fellow high schoolers to pause. And that was our way of progressing forward that if we could take inventory and really look around us, that we could make better decisions, right? Mm-hmm. And my English teacher told me it was crap <laughs> to not give up my day job and to maybe not pick a career in English or writing. And uh, so I definitely sent her a copy of this, by the way, once once it came out. As but you should. <clears throat> through, right, right. All the haters, they all got signed copies. Like, thank you for your encouragement. Your struggles became my superpower. Exactly. Well, um, I love that. And so, you know, over, over a course of, <laughs> exactly, over the course of, over my, the course of my life, um, you know, we've all experienced struggle. Struggle, I believe, is a universal language. And from a very young age, you know, I lost my father when I was six, going on seven years old. Um, and that kind of was a catalyst for me in terms of appreciation for life and the experiences we have in each and every day. So I became very much an observer, but was still a very outgoing extroverted person. And in college, it was the end of college, my senior year, I was diagnosed with cancer. So that became the, perhaps the second major struggle. And at that same time, I was also struggling greatly with my sexual identity. So I was like, okay, great. Well, because the doctors weren't sure how long I had, I was like, maybe now is a good time to come out because how are you going to tell a cancer patient that you don't love them, right? Like that would be a pretty crappy thing to do. But I will tell you, many people did. Mm. (laughs) Um, So through all that process, continued to live my life. And it was only a few years ago, I was sitting in a meditation. I thought that it had been 15 minutes that passed and it actually been three hours. And I I've never done any sort of drugs, but I imagine that what I was experiencing is how people describe tripping on acid. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was so vivid and the words came to me and I felt there was just, it had to happen. I had to write it down and I wrote close to 50 pages that day and just kept sitting down. And as much as I was like, no, I don't want to do this. I'm not ready to put something that shares such vulnerable stories of 
my personal life and my experiences as a yoga teacher and, and wellness coach to others out there into the world, I just kept hearing this voice saying, it's your time, this needs to happen. And so I just kept pen to the page. I know there are a lot of different ways authors write. I could not write on the computer. So mine was very much journal, pen and paper, writing it out. And this came to be. So that's how it, that's how it came to be. Mm, that's um, awesome. It was this long process. If I, if I had to do mine pen to paper, I'd be good for about the first couple of pages. And he, I have to be really careful even on podcasts because I listen and I write notes down and I'll just be writing. And then we get off the podcast. And I'm like, cool. That was a really good conversation with Kirsten. Now let me go get the show notes that I wrote down. I can't read anything. I'm like, oh man, I'm screwed because now, you know, sometimes I take these notes and then it'll be two days from now. Okay, let's go do the editing and everything. So yeah, I would... I would be failing greatly at the handwriting thing. And then there's some days though that I like, I can be really good with handwriting. You know, it's like, okay. And then I'm like, no, I just, the computer is my friend. But, um, so as you came through all of this, there's lots of things and you're right. We all struggle. And, and, you know, I'm hoping that somebody who's sitting here today is realizing, yes, we're all struggling together right now in so many different ways. But, um, what is one of the things that surprised you most and i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of lead this because one of the things that surprised me most in my struggle of coming out late in life was i kept like okay everybody's gonna hate me and then some people are gonna really really love me and i couldn't like get the two to balance out and i kept fighting the ones that i really 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 wanted to love me and i put all my energy into this until one day a really good friend of mine said I love you, Rick, but I hate it when you're fighting to get somebody to accept you because you become a total asshole. And I said, what do you mean I become a total asshole? And they're like, because you're fighting so hard for that attention that you start being a real ass to everybody in your life about everything. And that was a moment that woke me up. It also woke me up to the fact that I was fighting for something that I wasn't sure I was going to get to begin with. So why go through the struggle? And that was a really big learning for me to go. Sometimes the struggle is trying to tell you, stop. It isn't worth it. So I'm just curious if there's something, it doesn't have to be exactly that, but I'm sure you found your own, like, here's your, you know, come to Jesus moments with yourself around this struggle stuff. I think that we, you know, very similar to you. I've, I've often thought of myself as the people pleaser. I, I think that one of my gifts is giving, but mm -hmm. sometimes I give to a fault for the same, same mentality. And so my struggle was accepting that self-love may be the most rebellious thing, yep. most big, the biggest embodiment of coming out for myself is loving myself, coming out and expressing love for myself fully my career you know i'm i'm in fitness and yoga i know people can't see me but i have short hair now and i joke that you know i have short hair i'm a i'm a trainer and i drive a subaru i'm a trifecta of lesbianism walking around um you know people are like where's the rainbow tattoo and the lowe's lowe's gift card like that's in your pocket you know i had long hair and when i had long hair People said I was too feminine to teach 
strength and conditioning to men. And when I cut my hair, I was told that I'm too intimidating to women and that I should soften myself. And so even in my industry, I've had to constantly change myself, constantly closet myself and say, this isn't enough. And it is really hard, especially when people are talking about financial burdens. You know, I want to be successful, right? right? Successful professionally, personally, emotionally. And, and so the struggle of, as you said, accepting myself, loving myself wholly and recognizing that people professionally, personally, emotionally, either take me all of me or none of me because mm-hmm. I can't keep compartmentalizing myself because doing it is killing me. It's killing my voice. And I, you know, I reached a point where, you know, I beat cancer and I felt like these people pleasing thoughts became my new cancer. And it infuriated me to think that I could overcome something that so many have not been able to physically, but I was a letting, I was letting something emotionally, mentally crush me and become the cancer that took over my body, took over my thoughts and forced me into this path of struggle where struggle was not becoming my teacher, as I discuss in my book or becoming my ally. It was my greatest enemy and it was scarring me and wounding me and leaving me, you know, bleeding out. You know, I tell people, people often ask like, what's that one trauma that, that got you? It's not one trauma that, that, kills us it's the thousand paper cuts that just keep going that lead us to bleed out so that would be my greatest struggle there i love that you use the metaphor of the bleeding out because i think a lot of people if they would really just stop and pause and you know i love that you brought that pause piece up if you stop and pause and you look at when we're in struggle it is truly like we are draining ourselves. We are, in your words, bleeding ourselves out. But for some reason, it's like a bad drug. Like we just, okay, we got to do. And I know for a lot of us, it's the warrior, fighter, winner in us. is like, no, I'm going to make this happen until you realize you're not. So let it go because it's not worth it. I have struggled and struggled and struggled with so many people in my life around my sexuality. And it's taken me many, many years. And because I did come out late in life, there was a lot of baggage, extra baggage that comes along with this, like ex-wife and my beautiful kids. And then, you know, perceptions of who you were because, oh my God, for 13 years, you were married to a woman and all this sort of stuff. And the struggle was so deep, but there was this fighter inside of me. It's like, you have to get these people to look at this. You have to do this. And I realized, and and I'm curious because I know one of the titles in the book is a bad case of authenticity. I realized that this struggle and me having to be right and needing them to accept me, this was getting in the way of me being able to fully show up and be authentic as myself. Because there were times I'm like, okay, well, maybe I won't be quite so... (laughs) quite so gay, so to speak. And I'm like, but no, that's not who I am. I shouldn't have to show up at a family event and bite my tongue about, oh yeah, me and my boyfriend did this. I shouldn't even have to show up at my family event and not be able to bring my boyfriend, number one. But it's this interesting thing that we propel within ourselves the struggle. And then we wonder why we're so worn out and so tired and everything else. And it's such an interesting parallel, you know, as a trainer, I'm sure you could talk to this. Like, the reason people struggle, I would assume, in some of the fitness and the workouts and the losing weight and everything is because they focus on the struggle. 
they don't focus on the outcome. Well, and yes, you know, certainly they're focusing on the struggle, but I think that seeing struggle as such a negative thing, mm-hmm. we need struggle to grow. If, if mm-hmm. things, I mean, you've seen the person before who's had the trust fund, had everything handed to them, you know, like seems like they have this really great life, but they hit their first quote unquote struggle and they fall apart. Yep. And look at the most interesting people and the, some of the greatest leaders and minds in the world today. They have experienced vast amounts of struggle. They don't see struggle as this scar on their body, you know, which I, I felt at a point. It turns into speaking to your warrior side of things like this is our warrior paint. This is something that lets people know who we are. I wear these with pride. I am proud of the colors of struggle that I have, it lets people know that I'm alive. And as someone who struggled with life and death, that is something I, I wish so greatly with the amount of cancer patients that I've worked with and sat alongside who are no longer here. I think of their stories. I think of their struggles. And the, the worst thing that we can do is hide behind our struggle and see that it makes us weaker or less than. I'm not less than because I struggle. I have more to share. I have more to offer, more experiences. And that can be hard to see. So many people come to me in terms of fitness and, oh, I want to lose weight. This will make my life better. People think that if they have a six pack, they're going to have a great marriage, a great job, a great life. I know plenty of people with six packs who have crappy lives and Mm -hmm. have crappy jobs. That's not everything. And that's why I talk to people about, let's start from the inside and work out. When we start to be authentic, and not in a social media hashtag freeze frame insta moment, mm. but an actual authentic voice of, of what your story is, how your life matters and your purpose, the physical starts to fall in place because you're not emotionally eating as much because you you hate yourself and you have so much guilt and shame. I mean, I gained so much weight over guilt and shame mm-hmm. over being gay And, you know, I have, there's a chapter in the book, humble pie is making me fat. Why do I have to keep packing on the pounds of everybody else's discomfort over who I am? I'm putting it on my body. I'm carrying it. And they get to walk away Mm scot-free. Why? It doesn't make sense, you know? And that's part of reclaiming struggle as, as your term, as your strength, as your superpower. And I love this superpower piece because as you were talking through that story, this packing on the weight from struggle, it comes in a lot of different places. It can come from putting on too much weight. It can come from never getting enough sleep. It can come from drinking too much alcohol. It can come from hiding your LGBTQ self in certain situations. There's so many things that put on the struggle. But if you actually stopped, at least this is my my experience, I think it sounds like it's the same thing for you, Kristen, is if you stopped and thought about the people involved in the struggle that are opposite of you or maybe causing your struggle, they don't really care. Because that, like you said, they're going to turn around and walk away and they're scot-free from it. They're not thinking about you going to bed and going, oh, I can't sleep tonight because, God, I wish mom and dad would just accept me as I am. They're not laying in bed going, oh, God, I wish Rick would just, you know, finally come around the bend. Now, they might. But there comes a point where the person you're struggling with, they are not thinking about you. In fact, hello, folks, listen to this. Your ego is really big if you think everybody else is worrying about you because they ain't. We're all worrying about ourselves. And I think it's a big piece of the struggle that we all enter into. 
and I'm curious as we've gone into this, this struggle piece as the book started to come together and you knew it was coming out here in September of 2020, what started to change or make you go, uh-huh, this is exactly right time for this book to come out? Has there been, because of all the chaos in 2020, has anything really changed in your perspective around struggling? You know, conversations with, with people I teach, with people I coach, um, knowing that the book was coming out and hearing these, these same stories, whether it was, I never have enough time. You know, I have the white rabbit of struggle as a chapter discussing our time management and the fallacy behind managing or controlling our time or authentic voice. Uh, you mentioned being able to let go. I actually, a chapter, it was originally about letting go and instead it's called the let in. So many times we're told to let go, but we don't know how. But how many times are we letting things in, taking inventory of what's coming in? And during this pandemic, I think more than ever, people are starting to recognize what they're letting in into their bodies, into their minds, into their households, into their professions, into their experiences, into their circles. Um, and I use the metaphor of a house. You're building a house and everybody's leaving their doors and windows open and all these people are coming into your house. You're like, I tell people, like, time to clear out, right? You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, right? And that's the let go, like shutting the windows, clearing it out, and finding that space. So, you know, it coming out now, the conversations are centered so much around the mental health aspect, I think is the overall piece that uh, this book really solidifies is how much we have focused on the external. And this book coming out now during this time period has made it more prominent than ever that we really prevalent than ever that we need to focus on internally what's going on. Like what is our mental health? What is our emotional um, experience? What is our physical experience as a result of that? Looking everything from our nervous system, our nervous system, fight or flight, rest and digest is being disrupted all the time. All of us are at a very heightened level with our nervous system and that is impacting our ability to think, breathe, move. You know, the subtitle to this book is our biography is influencing our biology. So ultimately 2020, if it tells us nothing else, it's that the stories we tell ourselves become our thoughts, which become our habits, which become our body, our wellness. And more than ever is it, today is a good time. Now is a good time to start unpacking that and working through it so we can move forward and be healthier. And to that point, I, this simplicity of letting in, it's like, are you allowing this stuff into your life? And I've had more conversations than I even want to talk about um, lately about people who are like, but I'm so stressed out and I'm so worried about this and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, but you control that. And I'm saying this to myself too, because I'm like, okay, yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff that I know I control in this. But if we choose to eat something, we're putting it into our body. I don't know why so many more people can't get that concept of what we think is putting something in, how we react is putting something in. All of this stuff is the same as consuming food. We consume emotions. We consume other people's energy. We consume situations that we see. I mean, I'm, 
I did it today. I was all pissed off about something about politics again. And I'm like, but Rick, you're putting this into your world right now. Go, go decide if you want to keep that in there or you don't. And it's such a struggle at times for most people that I think what happens is, and I think this is where you're training. <laughs> you're going to go, yeah, that's exactly right, Rick. We get in the habit of consuming and letting it in and letting it in. And I'm going to let Facebook in. I'm going to let the news in. I'm going to let, and suddenly before you know it, and there's this new movie, I think it's called social dilemma. I think that's my husband. And I watched it last night and um, it's like how, what we get in from social media becomes the addiction. And before you know it, there you are, you're in struggle. And you did it, not anybody else. You did it to yourself. So as you are working through this and seeing this, I know, again, as a trainer, you see it all the time. I'm just curious, you know, what is one of the things that you feel like at this stage is something that's really impacting people's inability to walk away from struggle? Because we're so hammered with it right now. What do you think that's keeping them from being able to walk away from struggle? So I describe um, uh, the compass in struggle. So I have created this compass in struggle and North is our true self. Like if I take away the flesh, the bone, the titles, the identifiers, the essence of our being is our true self. And that, you know, I believe in God. So if I die tomorrow, that essence isn't any different than the person you're having a conversation with right now. But North is anchored to our Southern point and our Southern point is based off of our spiritual beliefs or strong beliefs and convictions. So you do not have to have any sort of religious beliefs, but we have a strong belief system. If we look at our belief system, it will start to reflect the essence of who we are and what we want our best version of ourselves to be. Um, Eastern point is our education and external experiences. And this doesn't have to be formal education. It can be, again, it could be watching TV or reading books or being on social media. All of these experiences are then going to directly impact our Western point, which is wisdom. So these are the touchstones and the thoughts that we extract from these experiences and we turn them into our wisdom and our teachings and all of these things are connected you know there's north northeast southeast but i find that the the biggest struggle right now is we're all just one degree mm -hmm. with every one degree off our true north and anybody who's familiar with compasses knows like one degree off off north isn't a big deal if i'm going from my living room to my kitchen i might end up at the the stool in the kitchen rather than the refrigerator, which might be better for my, ha my eating habits at night. <laughs> but um, if I was on a trail outdoors and I did this for 20 years, one degree off could send me onto to a different continent over 20 years. And many of us, that's where we are right now. We're waking up and saying, how in the hell did I get here? How, how did I end up here? Who is this person? And so one of the ways to come back to figuring that out is looking at the compass. And in the book, I, I have some questions that go with it and some inventory pieces that people can start asking themselves to evaluate that compass so that we can start to identify how we got in this struggle, how we got to this place. Um, you know, there's another coach and, and wonderful woman that I have written on Peloton with Christine Dercole, who said, you know, Uber can't pick you up if you don't know where you are. 
So mm-hmm. if, you don't, if you don't have a, a starting point, right? Like we have to take an inventory of our starting point, then we can start to change our direction. And sometimes that means asking for help. So calling on search and rescue can could be an option, which might be someone like yourself or myself. Um, or it might just be taking pause, stopping, taking that inventory, resetting the compass, and then being able to move forward that that first step out of struggle, which is mm-hmm. just changing one thought, one narrative of our story. So we are just around the corner from one of the biggest struggle times of the year. This podcast is coming out right before the holidays. <laughs> So everybody's about, and this is, I think this is going to be a really interesting, you know, who knows what the holidays are going to look like this year. But if you were to leave our listeners right before we wrap up here with like one bit of wisdom or advice about managing struggle, as we get ready for the big old holiday season, what would be something you'd love to leave the listeners with? Hmm, That's a good one. I think the first thing to remember is you're not alone because we become overwhelmed thinking that it's only happening to us. And then, you know, pause, pause for a moment. Um, I always ask my students, what are three needs that you absolutely need in your life in order to, to be healthy, to be happy, to feel fulfilled? For me, it's breath, movement, and nature are ones wanting a smaller waistline, wanting a better job, wanting a better relationship, come off of these needs. So if we can just sit for a moment and really assess what is it that we need, we can start to shift our wants and continue to be fluid in that um, and adapt, whether it's the holiday season, it's a pandemic, it's a, it's coming out, it's getting a new job. Those three needs will help give us roots so that we can stay grounded. So I know I said that was kind of be the last question, but I think there's something interesting since we're both part of the LGBTQ community to maybe weigh in really quickly on a struggle that you know that somebody's going to go through as they come through the holiday season that could really help them. And I'll lead this one off really quickly, but I know that for many people, and you, you the only reason I'm bringing this up is because you already went there, is this is a time that we often feel like we're the only ones. We're the only ones who've gone through this. And as we get ready to step into this unique holiday season, whatever that looks like, there's going to be a whole lot of you listening that may still feel like you're the only one in the LGBTQ community who's ever gone through this. Nobody can get you. I want you to know, at least from my perspective, and I'd love to have Kirsten weigh in on this too, that you're right. Nobody can get your experience but you. I am not you. I'm not standing in your shoes. I'm not in your body. I'm not breathing the the same way that you do. But what I can tell you is I've experienced a lot of the similar things that you're going to experience. So don't isolate yourself and don't isolate yourself in the struggle for sure. Because a lot of people will. A lot of people do isolate themselves in struggle. So that's my little piece of advice. So. Kirsten, what would you say is something for the LGBTQ people who are like, oh, here we go. I, I agree. Um, I think there's, there's this thread shared among us that the experiences will be different, the stories will be different, but the emotions, the discomfort, the uneasiness, the pain, the struggle is universal. I would encourage people, write your story down. 
you don't have to share it with anybody. Like this is, this is part of struggle guru. Your story matters. And for as many people as there, as they are in the LGBTQ plus community, there are stories and your story matters. And you might write it down today and it might be 20 years from now that you're sharing this story with someone else and it's going to have an impact on them. So write it down because if nothing else, it helps get it out of this, out of your system. It puts it into a space that you can return to and you can keep adding to, and you can see how you grow through this process. And that is empowering you through this struggle. Awesome. So if people want to get a hold of you or get the book, where's the best place for them to get it? So if you go on kbwaters.com, um, it will link you um, to me through email, my social media, as well as the book will be there. You can also find the book on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, pretty much any of the major retailers, but KB Waters is the easiest way. Cool. Cool. And that's, a, I love it when somebody has a really simple URL because then it is easy to remember. So again, folks, it is K is in Catherine, B is in boy waters, kbwaters.com. So enjoyed talking to you, Kirsten. I can't wait to hear how this continues to go for you. And what a perfect way to like step into the holidays. You think you're going to struggle. Well, here's the book, go get it and really help yourself out. So um, <laughs> thanks for so much for being here and being part of the Life Uncloseted podcast. Kirsten. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Rick. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.